All right, good morning, everybody. We have some new faces here, so just to give a little bit of kazar uh, on where we were, um, but unfortunately, we won't be able to go into all of it. What we've been discussing for the last couple of weeks is Rav Shem and his approach in relation to what has now become the Kolo system. We're nowhere close to getting to the Kolo system. We're really been focused on Rav Shem and we explain there's a Gemara in Brachas. The Gemara says the difference between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Shem Bar-Yichai in terms of how they understand the Psukim in the beginning Shema. V'hayam Shemaya is V'hayam Shemaya, an ideal situation, is or is V'hayam Shemaya a sort of not such an ideal situation? And we pointed out that Taisa says, the Marsha, others point out that Kabbalah Salmach HaShemayim is in the first Parsha of Shema. And the Parsha of V'hayam is the Parsha of Kabbalah Salmach and in the parsha Kabbalah Samitzvahs, it doesn't say b'chol ma'adecha, it doesn't say b'chol ma'adechem, it says b'chol navshchem, it doesn't say b'chol ma'adechem, like it says in Merahavta. So that shows you that it's not on the same ideal level. So therefore, Shem Rechai, even though he wants to understand the parsha Bahayim Shmaya is not an ideal situation, and if you read the Pesukim, it sounds pretty good. Bahayim Shmaya, Tishmah Mitzvah, Sharonechim, Mitzvah, Eskim, Mitzvah, you know, you're going to have rain and you're going to have harvest and you're going to have a good time. And then it's only after, if you leave Hashem, then it's Vachar Af, and you're going to have all the bad things. The beginning part of Shema sounded all good. How could it be that that's not good? The beginning of Vahayim Shema is for situations where it's not you're not doing what God wants. It's like it's partially against the simple reading of the Pesukim. So those, the Taisis, the Marsha, others say, no, what it meant is not that you're being bad, mamish bad. It meant that you're not doing God's will to the really the ideal degree. If you were really doing what Hashem wants, ideally, it would be even mechomayadechem. It would even be including using all of your capital for God. If you would do that, then it would be malach denasayadechem. Your work would be done by others. You wouldn't have to do anything. However, because we're in a situation where we're not on that level, because we're in a situation where we are actually not so ideal, we're not spending all of our capital on just spiritual pursuits. So therefore, it's we have to do the malacha ourselves. We are actually being forced to work. About, that is Parsha Bahayim Shemaya, which sounds like, oh, we're doing great. We're working and we're being successful. No. If we were really ideal, others would do our work for us. We would have to do nothing. What does that sound like? Somebody's going to be doing our work for us and we could sit and learn all day? Sounds like what? Sounds like a situation of like a Yisachar Zbul in our sedge we just had, right, where the ideal is Yisachar, he's sitting there, he's learning all day. Somebody else is doing the work for him. We'll, we'll touch on that. It's this week's Sedra, or this past week's Sedra, so we'll get a little bit on that. That is sort of where we left off. If you recall, last week we spent a lot of time trying to explain the steer to the Gemara Menachas. The Gemara Menachas seems to have a reverse uh, position for Shem Bayechai, where there it says that you'll be learning all day just by simply saying Shema in the morning and Shema in the evening. We said, how could that be? So we gave a variety of different truths and we explained that. And we also tried to explain Rabbi Shmuel because that also had a different opinion. It seemed like, because the Gemara said that Ben Dhamma, the, the nephew of Rabbi Shmuel, he had studied Kala Tarakula and he wanted to learn Chachmas Yivanas. And he wanted to know what time was it okay to learn Chachmas Yivanas. And Rabbi Shmuel said to him, it's a time that you can learn Chachmas Yivanas is not day and not night time. That's when you're allowed to learn Chachmas Yivanas. So he said, that's the only time I'm allowed on the Chacham Shivanis. What do you mean? Rishmael here in Bracha says that the Hayam Shemaya is the ideal situation, that the normal amount of uh, a life a person is supposed to have, he's supposed to learn, he's supposed to work, he's supposed to be, you know, doing regular things. 
So why are you saying a person will call Tarakula? You can't find a minute where you can study other wisdom? And we try to explain all that steer as well in Rishmal. And like I said, that's where we spent most of our time last week. What I'd like to go now is to finish up two points in that Gemara that we, we didn't have uh, we didn't have a chance to do, and then move on to discuss what I want to discuss this week, which is still not fully getting to what I really want to get to, um, but we're making progress. So the Gemara says here, this is at the end of the Gemara in Brachas. Right? After discussing this, Machlegas between Rabbi Shmuel and Shemar Echad, the Gemara adds on the following. The Gemara says, Harbe Asu, this is the from Abaya. Omar Abaya, Harbe Asu, Rabbi Shmuel will also be other. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai will also be other. Abaya adds that many people have tried to do Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai and they were unsuccessful. They tried. They tried to emulate this idea of Torah only and having Lachlan Nasai there. But what happens if the other guy's not willing to do the work for you? What happens if nobody's there doing the work? Then what happens if you're just learning? You starve. So it didn't work for them. But the Gemara continues that, I'm sorry, Abayah continues, and he says that when regards to Rabbi Shmuel, people try to act like Rabbi Shmuel and try to have a normative life where they're balancing. They're trying to balance their requirements for spiritual pursuits with their requirements to support and sustain their families. And that was successful, right? So, and it was also beyond. That is the position of Abayah. Omar le Rava, Rava answers, Rava then continues, Omar le Rava le Rabbanon, Rava says in his yeshiva, he's talking to his students, and he says, I ask you, I beg you, Rava is telling his students, please, in the months of Nisan and the months of Tishrei, these are months that are very important in the planting season, and presumably the students were engaged in the areas of farming. Please don't, I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you in the months of Tishri and the months of Nisa. Why? So that you wouldn't always be wondering about your Panasa. In other words, what's he saying, Rava? Rava's saying, please don't come to class during the months of Nisan and months of Tishri. Why? Because if you're coming to Shir in that time, if you're, if you're learning that during those important months that are imperative for a successful harvest, and you're not focusing on your harvest, instead you're learning, then what's going to end up happening is you're going to starve. Your family is going to be writing you letters telling you we're starving. So you're going to be whole time focused. You're going to be nitra the rest of the year on what you do for your family. Better take the two months that's required in order for you to be able to sustain your family and focus the rest of the time on the learning the rest of the months. So what do we see from both Rabaya and Rava, right? These erstwhile disputants throughout Shas. On this, they seem to agree, right? Abaya is saying, that Rabbi Shmuel is the normative way to do it. Most people found success, they only found it with Rabbi Shmuel. Most people try to be like Rabbi Shmuel, they failed. And Rav is agreeing. And Rav is not only agreeing, then it's giving you like an idea. He, this is what he mandated in his school. In Rav's yeshiva, this is what he said. I beg you, please. Don't come. I don't want to see you. But it wasn't Ben Azmanim for off. It was Ben Azmanim for work. It was Ben Azmanim only from learning. He says, I want you to work, but he's giving a very practical idea. You have to work during these months that are imperative to work, because if you don't, then it's going to be that the rest of the year, you're always going to be focused on it. Because of the fact that you don't have any capital saved up, you don't have any Parnassah, you didn't do anything. It's good. 
that's a buy and rub. And the more that continues, and the more adds on another another man. Right? should bring bring some bells. Right? We discussed the Gemara and Shabbos. The Rosh Right? We discussed that story of how Rabbi Shmuel got into the cave. That was the story of Rabbi Huda Bar If you recall, right, where they were talking about the good stuff of the Romans, right? Last week, after we were already off the tape, and only a few uh, a few people were left, we ended up talking about the 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 appendix or the corollary or the uh, ep- epilogue is the right word for this Misa, right? Because we pointed out, I think, last week or two weeks ago, that Reb Shimei when he initially comes out of the cave. Him and his son together are unable to withstand, they can't bear the people around them. They look around and see the people working in the fields. They say, what? The manich and chaya omla va'iskim should they go crazy? And they start burning up everybody. It's a few times we see in Shas. I really don't want to go on to this tangent, but it's jumping out of me. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it a little bit. So, I and Hara, is a very favorite topic of mine. My wife is very interested in INR. She's very big into INR. <clears throat> so she's not very happy that I don't jump up and down about the topic as much as she does. So with, uh, you know, we'll bring your wife you're, you're making a joke. So I'll tell you another tangent before we get to the tangent of INR. And this was, this literally happened like, this is a Meister, it's not a Meister Shahid. It's not like above Meister, it's a Meister Shahid. The story goes like this. Rabbi Salavechik from Yeshiva University, you've heard of him, right? He was a great, great rabbi, knew his halacha pretty well, you would assume, right? He was one giving out smich in Yeshiva University to hundreds of rabbis. And he had a son, Chaim Salavechik, who's still alive. He's a very old professor uh, in Yeshiva University. Absolutely unbelievable Talmud Talk. When Rabbi Salavechik's wife, or Professor Chaim Salavechik's mother, was very ill, she died in 1967, I believe. So, time before she had bad cancer. She was in the hospital. She was in the hospital and um, for some time when she come back, so they were living alone, you know, in, in, the, in, their, in their apartment, their house. She came back and she saw how they were living and how they were keeping the dishes. And she saw the milk and the flitch go piled in the sink. She said, I'm in the hospital. You're trapping out my kitchen. You're not going to tell her about Fischl. I have a, I had a grandmother, she passed away some time ago now. There was no such thing as 18 minutes for her. Don't tell there's 18 minutes. Candle lighting is this time of this month. That's the time of candle lighting. There's no, taste for Shabbos? What are you telling taste for Shabbos? Now it's Shabbos. You're being Michal Shabbos, you're driving in 18, what's 18 minutes? Okay, so there's something very beautiful about that, very genuine and in a very simple apprehension of Judaism. In relation to Ayin Hara, there's certainly what to be said about the history of it and how it all developed. If you look throughout Shas at somebody with Nason Einayim, right there, they would put their eyes on them. The Gemara says they would turn into a pile of bones. Find it a few times. That's the only example of literal Ayin Hara that we see like, like in Mamish Tud Aif something. There's of course Chazals, Parski Sisa, the Gemara and Yuma, the Shkala, the Allah. I'm not going to get into all of that right now. Uh, oh, so the Gemara and then the Brach is about Yosef, right? So you, Gemara, that appears a few times in Shas. But yeah, the Gemara says about Yosef at Tzadik that Yosef is 
you know, let it all go. All right, fine. So, right, what are the things? Right, what does it mean? So, there's a few different shots. Either Bain Paris could be a chamor, Bain Paris could be a vine, right? But Oyen is what? Oyen is a, it sounds like on the shot that it's a vine. An ayin is a, is like a thing you speak in Hebrew, right? Ayin is like a spring from the from the ground, yeah. So so what does it mean? But it all mayan. So so what what happens when you have a situation of of uh, of Yosef? He's he's ali oyin. He doesn't get. He's not shaylit by ayin hard. Gemara says that Yosef is, and the Gemara there says that you're referring to the Gemara says about Rabbi Yechonon, right? Because all right, the Gemara says the Gemara says that the, that two different, very odd stories about certain rabbis. One is about Rabbi Gidol, the Gemara says. The other is about Rabbi Yechon. They used to go stand by the Shariat Tzvilo. When the women would go to be terrible themselves, they would standing there. The Gemara says Rabbi Gidol would stand there um, in order to be able to tell them how and how not. He would give them the, rule, the rules, rules and regulations. Yeah, Rabbi Yechon would stand there for a different reason. What was Rabbi Yechonah standing there? Like the Gemara Mabetzia says, oh, Rabbi Yechonah was one of the, so the Gemara says, oh, it's a very interesting Gemara, right? The Gemara over there brings down who's the most beautiful people in the world, right? You have Adam, Marisha, you have Yaakov, right? And then it brings it all the way down to who? Rabbi Avo. Rabbi Avo is a very handsome man. He's Rabbi Kesaria. Kesaria is a very Roman city. You have to be handsome to be the town rabbi, okay? The Gemara says about Rabbi, the Gemara says that they would dance, the girls, the Gemara says that they would dance the girls would dance. There's two different conversions of the Gemara. One Gemara says that the, the girls would dance like the maid servants. The other is the matrons. It's different levels. I don't know. Like he, Ravo had a, had a, he had an entourage when he would go around. Yeah. But the Gemara over there doesn't mention Rabbi Yechonon. The Gemara asks him, Rabbi Metziah, how could Rabbi Yechonon not counted as the most beautiful people? You know, Rabbi Yechonon was the most beautiful person. So handsome, right? So the Gemara says, that why can't we count them? Oh, he didn't have a hadrizok. He didn't have a beard. That's why that explains the Gemara over there. That how could it be that Rish Lakish got him confused for a lady, right? Because Rish Lakish, when he was still a robber, Rish Lakish jumped into the water, right? Because he saw Rabbi Yechonon swimming. Rabbi Yechonon did exercise. People think that they didn't. They did exercise. He was swimming in the in the river. So Rish Lakish thought he was a he was a woman. So he was not a good person. He was a robber. He was going to try to take advantage of the situation. But it turns out Rabbi Yechonon says to them. I have a sister who's even more beautiful than me. So use your strength that you just had to make this big jump into the river to catch me. You know, put it to Tyra. And that's the, the, the end of that mice. Anyhow, we started off on a lot of different tangents, but this goes back to that point about Yitzvah Sadik being outside of um, getting getting uh, impacted by Ayin Hara. Because he's Ali Oyin. He's above the eye. He doesn't get impacted. He's like the fish. They're not, they're not be seen. Something that's not seen, something is hidden from the eye. The Gemara says that's going to not be affected by eye and hara. All right. I don't know how we got there, but um, anybody remember what, what the Shashalas was? I have no idea. I know, there was way too many tangents. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I know. Where, where's Yosef? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh? Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right, so going back to our matter at hand, which was that Nushans and Trenias, they take Ayin Hara very seriously, and that's a fantastic thing, whether or not 
as a matter of halacha, we can find and substantiate it. That's a very different story. That's not a topic for right now. That would really be a tangent for a long time. But what is clear is that when it comes to Yosef, when it comes to Rabbi Yechonon, when it, right, because Rabbi Yechonon, the Gemara says, this will brings it together. Rabbi Yechonon says that I know, right? He shifted the Yosef cross. He says, I come from Yosef. It doesn't affect me to Ayin Hara, right? Because Rabbi Yechonon says about himself, I'm, I'm very handsome, but I can stand by the Sharat and I can have no impact. By the way, okay, you know, you know that that's a, a, a it used to be a big thing in, in, in science. It's not a big thing anymore. Well, wait a minute, Yechonon is standing at the Sharat and is going to impact the way that people have beautiful children? Where do we see that at Chumash? Oh, exactly. By Yaakov Avinu, right? By Yaakov Avinu, he's going to have the speckled and the spotted and the sheep and the ghost born, right? Because he's got the rods all these different ways. It's going to impact. It's going to imprint. That idea of imprinting was something believed in science for a very long time. It's not believed now, but again, that's not for not for right now. It's a tangent we can't take. But um, okay, so that goes back to our point, right? That's how it all started. Was because of that. In fact, I said that for my wife, she takes iron heart very seriously, and I don't know why we why do we why do we start talking about iron heart? That I don't remember. Huh? Oh, when they came out of the cave. So I said that, that, that. Oh, very good. Scar, thank you. I would have been bothered the whole time. Because the reason I said it was because in that Gemara, the Gemara, that there, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon Be'echai. And Elizabeth Shimon, they were like looking at people and Mamash killing them. That's an example we see. That's what it means, Ayin Hara. Oh, that's what it means, Ayin Hara? No, no. That's what I'm saying. That's an example we see in Ayin Hara. That's what you see in I really doing something bad to somebody. That, that's where you see these examples. Whether or not. Usually Ayin Hara. Okay. Uh, I, I am aware that it's not the way it's colloquially used at all. I'm just giving you an example that that's where we see people putting their eye on somebody and then having a negative impact. Again, it's an agathic more what it's meant to be taken literally. It's also not for right now, but in that situation where we ended up last, last week or two weeks ago was we said that they got a boss call that says, go back to the cave. You're coming out to destroy my world. Get back in there. Why are you out? And so during that moment, I'm sorry, during that year that they are required to be back in the cave, so the Gemara says that when Belezer comes back out, he's not able to control himself. He's still going out there and trying to hurt everybody that he sees is engaged with this world. But, but, Rabshim Bayechai is able to control. So everything that is mamus by Rabbelezer is Machaya by Rabshimin. And Rabshimin Bayechai is able to handle the world. And, the, and that's what we made the argument was that that extra year in the cave, that 13th year for Rabshim Bayechai, that enabled him to tone it down. And handle the world, but for Blessed Rab Shimon, he was still not there. Isn't that proof that it's not for the un, the no no um, where everything's very very extreme when there's no balance? Oh, so so that's what that's what I see. There's lack of balance. So, so it's extreme. It's very extreme. extreme. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we did talk. We, we did talk about this, and we did make the argument. Maybe it was before the cave, after the cave, different chiefs for Rab Shimon. In any event, the one thing I will say, because not everybody was here last week for it at the end, after the tape went off and, and it was over, I did mention, but I do think you see not just that Rabshim Bayechai toned it down. I also think you see the Blaz of Shimon that he toned it down. And where do you see that? That's another Gemara there in Bamatsi. The Gemara says that Blaz of Shimon becomes a tax collector for the government. Right? The Gemara says that, that uh, he, he, he would give advice on how to appropriately engage with the criminals and figure out who's a criminal, who's a crook. And there were people very angry at him. They said, you're a chaymet and your, your dad was so against the Romans. 
right? But in the end, Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Shimon, literally was working hand in glove with the Romans. And we discussed that the Gemara says he did a surgery on himself. He was very fat. The Gemara mentioned Rebbe Rebbe Shimon was a very large person. And he cut out a, a, a piece of fat and put it out to Yemi Tamas in the sun. And it wasn't Nisrach. Why? To show that the buzz of Rab Shimon was 100%. Even though he was working hand in glove with the Romans, he was still 100% dedicated to the divine. He hadn't in any way sold out on any of his ideals. How could it be he didn't sell out on any of his ideals? He's working hand in glove with the Romans. No, he managed to find the balance. So, and we ended off also, if you recall, that Rab Shimon Barakai himself, when he comes out of the cave, he's, he's been talking there, a cemetery, the same tells the Kahanim where they can go, where they can't go in order to be able to help him out because he wants to help out the world. Same with the Yaakov Shalom Shem. I think more says he was even attacking Merchatzoas, attacking Shvakim, attacking Matbeah, which at the beginning was what very annoyed Reb Shimon because the Gemara started out by saying that Reb Shimon Rechai, unlike Rabbi Hudabari Law, who had just quoted, unlike Rabbi Hudabari Law, who said that the Romans are so great because they're attacking Merchatzoas and Shvakim and they have like a good society, a good community that has full service. And Reza says, Shimon says, really, that, that's just the Yeshiv and Zionist. That's just for their, you know, for their, for their uh, very um, base desires. It's not really an ideal situation. But in the end, Rav Shimon Barichai uses that as his ideal in order to be able to attack in the world when he comes out of the cave. All right. So now we continue the Gemara. The Gemara says that Come and see that the, the earlier generations, right, are not like the later generations. The earlier generations are not like the later generations in what sense? The earlier generations, they made their Torah, keva, they focused on learning Torah, and they made their malacha, they made their work, not as, um, not as kavodik. They made it more, you know, Haphazard, ad hoc, and zuzun eskaim v'yodam, but there's so achreinim. But our generation should also lachem keva v'taros and arai zuvazu loin eskaim v'yodam. But in our generation, they take the malacha, they take the work, and they idealize work, and they make the work the main thing, and they make the Torah an ad hoc. So there, zuvazu loin eskaim v'yodam. There, both the Torah and the malacha don't stay in hand. All right. This again is a nice way of, of ending off that Gemara, which shows you that at the end of the day, in order to make the successful life, one has to be able to balance the notion that the desire should be always to study. The desire should always be to learn. But in practice, if you take the desire and you don't think about it practically, if you haven't figured out a way to support and sustain a family, which is a requirement also in the Torah. You have to have a family. So, okay, you have a family and you haven't figured out a way to sustain them, but you just love to learn. It's not going to just happen on its own. It didn't work for them. Why? Why didn't it work for them? Because in order to be able to reach that kind of love of you're talking about somebody who's so, so dedicated. And most people are not going to be in that level of dedication. If you're not on that level of dedication, then be practical. Make sure you've got a plan. Good? Okay.
Also want to finish one other piece of Gemara in the, Gemara in the end of Menachem's day that we didn't discuss last time. The Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, says in the name of Rabbi Yenisar, that the Pasuk of this Pasuk that we talked about, if you remember last week, we talked about how could it be the Pasuk from Navi is going to be asking a steer on a Pasuk of Kumish, right? I don't want to get into that right now, but this Pasuk of Loyomish, so Rabbi Shmuel and Achmani send the name of Rabbi Yenison. Pasuk Zel, Loy Choyva, Veloy Mitzvah, Ella Bracha. The Pasuk of Loyomish, Sefer, Atura, Zem, Epicha, Begisa, Yerma, Velayla is Loy Choyva, Veloy Mitzvah, Ella Bracha. Right, that's how the Gemara is concluding the understanding of Loyomish, right? We had the opinions of Rabbi Shmuel, we had the opinion of Shemari Chai, and now we have a new opinion. This opinion of Rabbi Yenison. The opinion of Rabbi Yenison is, and by the way, it's, a, it's an interesting study. You go through Shas, and you can see how many times it says, Amr Rabbi Shmuel, Amr Rabbi Yenison. But many times it says, Amr Rabbi Yechanan. And it can't be. It has to be Rabbi Yenison. I, 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 I believe very strongly it has to be Rabbi Yenison every time. Here, on the side of the Gemara, it says, Amr Rabbi Yechanan. On the side of the Gemara, it has another Menusa. I don't think it could be. I really don't think it could be. I don't think it could work. But on the side that it could work, the reason it could work for Rabbi Yechanan over here, because remember what Rabbi Yechanan said. Rabbi Yechanan, remember Rabbi Yechanan, we started Rabbi Yechanan saying about the difference between Shem Barichad, Imar, and Shabbos, he was Shalmi and Shabbos. We discussed already a few weeks, months ago already now. Remember that about saying Shema, like, it was Machlok is the Bavli and the Rishama. Did Rabbi Shem Barichai be Pesach when he was learning in order to say Shema or not? Right? The Gemara says, in, the, in Bavli, that he was Paisik for Shema, but not for Shema Esrei. But in Yusham, he says he wasn't Paisik not for Shema, not for Shema Esrei. Now Shema is Midar Eisr. Shema Esrei is Midar Abona. So he wasn't Paisik for anything, according to Yusham. That, and, and, and that's Rabbi Yechanan. But Rabbi Yechanan is saying that about Rabbi Yechai. But about himself, right? Remember Shem, what, what Rabbi Yechanan said about our generations, we're Paisik both for Torah and, right, we're Paisik for Tefillah, we're Paisik for the, for the Shema and for the Shema and the right? We do both, right? So it comes out, it would be, it would be nice then, right? Because if you are Paisik, so Rabbi Yechonin's own shita is clear that you could be Paisik for Shema. You could be Paisik for Shema and You do have to worry about this world and then it would fit. In any event, um, I think more generally, the, 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 the right here says Rabbi Yechonin. So, and he, and he concludes and he says like this, Hashem saw that Divrei Torah were very important to Yeshua. He saw how much Yeshua was pining in order to be able to study Torah. We have a plastic in Chumash that Yeshua Benun, the Nair, never left the oil. He never left Meshur Ben. He was always interested in hearing and studying. If you recall the Medrash that says, why was Yeshua Zechah become the leader of Israel? Yeshua Zechah, because he stayed in the base bench, even after the learning, even after the study, Yeshua was there cleaning up. He would be preparing the coffee. He would be like, you know, preparing the, the, the benches, cleaning up. That's Yeshua. Yeshua was there all the time. So Hashem saw how much he wanted to study, how much he wanted to learn. For you, the Torah is so beloved. For you, the Torah is so, is, you appreciate it so much. So then, so therefore, the Torah should never leave from you.
Torah is not something that you can um, be part to yourself from, but it shouldn't be seen by you like something that you you know you can't live without. You have to be able to sort of find um, you have to sort of be able to find a balance. So what I what I'm seeing from this that it's not a chayva, not a mitzvah. It's a bracha. Obviously, it's not a mitzvah. Why? We said it's a pasuk in Tanakh. And Nach. Nach is not mitzvah. Nach can't, right? It's a divrei Kabbalah. It can't be a mitzvah. We know that. So it can't be a mitzvah. It's not a chayva. What it is is a bracha. That's number one. Number two, it was specifically to Yeshua. Right? It was specifically to Yeshua because Hashem saw how much it was chav of divrei Torah for Yeshua. Specifically, Yeshua loved learning so much, so he gave him a bracha. So in a situation like that, that would be potentially then another answer to our question. To explain this theory between the Gemara Menachas and the Gemara Brachas, one of the ways to simply answer it, I'm sorry, it's not the theory between the Gemara Brachas and the Gemara and Menachas, just the Gemara Brachas itself. The question that we had of the theory in the Gemara, the Gemara is asking the theory, how could it be La Yomash fitting with Bahayim Shemaya? I think there's possibly another way to answer, which is from this Gemara Menachas. Just simply say, that's not a kasha at all. La Yomish is not a chayva. It's not a mitzvah. It's just a bracha. Obviously, the stam of the Gemara there, and brachas doesn't hold of that. The Gemara there is understanding La Yomish to be a chayva, to be a mitzvah, or we never have had a question. Right? We spent some time last week trying to understand how could it be La Yomish juxtaposed with Vayim Shemar. Vayim Shemar is a pasuk in Chumash. It's a, it's a taira. La Yomish is a pasuk in Yeshua. It's a navi. It's nothing. How could you, how could you be conflating the two? How can they be, be put against each other? One of them is requiring that you learn all the time. One of them is requiring that you learn and you work. How could it be? And the Gemara has its answers. Rabbi Shmuel has his answer. Rabbi, Rabbi Shemar has his answer. But the simple answer would be to use this Gemara Menachas, which is not a problem. It's not a chayva. It's not a mitzvah. It's just a bracha for Yeshua specifically because Hashem saw how chayv was for him. That's the simplest of all the answers that I can give. But obviously... The 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 stam of the Gemara, the Embrachas doesn't hold, doesn't hold of this answer, Rabbi Shmuel, and that and, and that perhaps is one of the rayas that what, that it's not it's not Rabbi Yechonah, right? It has to be Rabbi Yechonah. It's a different it's a different. Uh, okay, all right. So that was all introduction. Um, where I really wanted to try to do a little bit today was to just finish the parsha of Yisachar Zvulun. My brother said to me. How, you're doing shears on Kaila, you're not going to talk about Yisachar Zvulun. It's true. I wasn't planning to do it, but that's a good tangent to do because we just finished this past edra. So I thought I would, maybe I would just say something about it. All right. And I'll tie it into Rishim Reichai. I think it was a good segue. Everybody remembers the Gemara. At least one of the Gemara. Everybody remembers the Gemara at the beginning of Baba Kama. The Gemara says, I didn't know Regel. Right, Bishilach is all regal. How do you know regal is Bishilach? Right, remember the Arba of Sanzikin? Right, how do you know, how do you know Bishilach is regal? We have a Pasuk, Meshachi, regal, Ashur, Vachamor. Good, sound familiar? Yeah? All right. But later on, above a Kav is really what I want. So the more later on, at the end of the first parody, more says like this. The more brings down this Pasuk again for the second time. It says the Gemara, Amrab Yechanan, Mishim Rab Shim Bayechai. Remember, Rab Yechanan? Here we're getting, we're bringing Rab Yechanan, Neve Rab Shim Bayechai. What does it mean the Pasuk says that praiseworthy are those who are being zereah, they're planting by old waters. 
Mayim. You know what it means a Kol Mayim, right? We had the Gemara's in Sukkah, Kol Mayim, right? Different things, right? The Esrik, et cetera. Not, not from right now. So the Gemara said, the Pasuk continues, Meshachi Rega Asher Vachamar. Right? Praiseworthy are those that are being Zerea on all different types of waters, right? Simple understanding is, of course, right? If you can plant with all different types of waters, you can be very successful when you're planting. You don't need a specific kind of a water. It's obviously you're going to have more success, okay? Meshachi Rega Asher Vachamar. They're sending for the the shar the ox and the and the and the donkey what's the connection says the gemara this is Rabbi Shemrechai Rabbi Yechon name of Shemrechai Kalo Isik beterbing milas chasadim zeichel anachlas deshvatim somebody who's uh, both learning Torah and he's doing milas chasadim he's going to be zeichel to the inheritance of two tribes what does it mean somebody's Isik and turning milas chasadim this you have to know. Is a, the Gemara is not bringing it down, but, but this you have to know is fundamental in the Gemara. We have a Gemara, everybody uh, maybe remembers the Gemara, the Gemara about the, the story of, of the house of Eli. You remember the, the Pesukim there in the beginning of Shmuel? Shmuel had two sons, Chafni and Pinchas. They weren't so good. B'nai B'liyao, the Gemara in Shabbos tells us that Chafni and Pinchas were, were sinning the way the Pasuk says is any Elatoya, right? The Gemara there is using that as part of the examples of Chafni and Pinchas, who's also Shleim Amelach, also Ruvain, right? All the David, anybody that says Kalaimer, Blurb Chata, any Elataya. So one of the examples is Chafni and Pinchas. The more said, the Pasik says in Shmuel, and Chafni and Pinchas, when the ladies would come to, to, to bring Karbanis, so they would, the, the Pasik says, which sounds like, you know, uh, pretty. Uh, a pretty uh, blunt accusation against Chafni and Pinchas. So the Mar says, no, that's not what they did literally. But what it was is that they did not, they they were they, they didn't take the woman's karbanas too seriously. So if they made them wait overnight and they wouldn't be able to get back home, no problem. They would do that. They, they weren't so worried about taking their karbanas like mamish, like a yakish, like, you know, when they brought the carbon to the Mishkan that they had to do and uh, that take the service. They would make them wait. So... Sukkman already said that they weren't such great guys. Sukkman already said that they would they would walk into the they would walk into the, the cauldrons where they were cooking the with the meat and, and you know for the carbonas and they would like take a fork, they had a pitchfork, you know, they would go and stab the meat and say, Ah, we want to we what's it called when you have the raw meat? Carpaccio, carpaccio, what's it called? I got it right? Blue. Carpaccio? Uh, they want carpaccio. They don't like they don't want no don't, don't like uh, grill it for me no more. So that's how they would take it. And and the Pasik says that Ali told his sons, like the Shmua is Flaytaiva about you. Like I'm hearing not such great reports. But he didn't remonstrate enough with them. He didn't he didn't give them enough of a talking to, and they kept on doing whatever they were doing. And in the end, this is Shmuel's prophecy. Shmuel has a prophecy. Ali tells him, You better tell me the prophecy, or Hashem should punish you if you don't tell me the full prophecy. Shmuel didn't want to tell him. Shmuel tells him the whole prophecy. What was the prophecy? That it's not going to be people from your family that's going to live a long time. Everybody's going to have a chorus. Everybody's going to die young. And the Gemara says in Roshana that Abai and Rava are from B'nai Eli. Abai and Rava are from B'nai Eli, and they die young. They're Kahanam. They die from, they're from B'nai Eli. They die young. So the Gemara says that Rava dies at 40. Abai dies at 60. The Gemara says, why is that? Why is it that Rava died at 40 and him at 60? Because Rava just had Torah. But Abaya had Torah and Gemilas Chasadim. 
Right? So this is what the, the when the Gemara is saying tearing Gemara is referring to you have to remember the kinds of personalities that some people were so dedicated to that there was nothing else. And Abaya, Abaya um, did also chesed, right? Basically, what are you talking about? We have a Gemara that says the Rav was doing chesed. So it said, again, like we said, like the Gemara in Shabbos, right? With Tyson asked, what do you mean? It says that Rabbi Shimba used to stop in the middle of the day to daven. Like, how could you say he didn't stop for davening? Tyson said, okay, it's Shema. He stopped for Shema. It doesn't mean real davening. Okay, so here Tyson also says, look, Abaya and Rav, they both did chesed. Abaya's chesed was very significant. Oh, they only a little chesed. But in any event, when you have Turing and Milas Chasadim, Turing and Milas Chasadim is, um, is a situation where you're doing the ideal, just Torah is not as ideal. So Rav Shimbayachai, who is the only Torah man, is saying that if somebody does Torah and Gimilas Chasadim, he's doing it to the Nachla of Shtei Shvatim. Which two Shvatim are in it? Which two Shvatim do you think? So the Gemara continues on going. And it more so like this. Shnei mashrichim zerev Israel tzaka. Zerev must mean tzaka because I'm a pasuk of zaru lachem tzaka. Fine. They ain't mayim elatera, and mayim is only with reference to tera. How do I know? Shnei marhoi kol tamei lechula mayim. Right. Those who are tamei and those who are thirsty, thirsty for tera, hoi kol tamei lechula mayim. Fine. And and the Gemara says that that's what it means. The nakel is teishvatim. The the I'm sorry. The Gemara says that this is what we are referring to. Somebody who's Zerea, he's doing Chesed because that's the Zerea. Mayim is Pera, he's doing both. So, what's the Nachal of the Shtei Shvatim? Which two Shvatim are we talking about? And here the Gemara says two different opinions, but they're both the same tribe. What are the two Shvatim? Either he's Zerea to a canopy like Yosef. Right? The simple understanding of that, of that Pasuk. Right, I happen to my favorite understanding of that pasuk. It's not maybe the most simple understanding of that pasuk, but when it comes to when it comes to shira, when it comes to these kind of sukkah, I don't believe that the simple shot is necessarily the the, uh, the 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 literal translation. So bonois to How do you understand it? So one of the pshatim that the mafar spring Rashi bring is that the girls would climb on the wall. They would climb on the walls to see Yosef. Yosef was the the, what is it called? The people number one handsome man of the year? This was Yosef. He was so good looking. He was so handsome. Remember, Yosef was the Yafei Tariyar, Yafei Mara. His own mother was the Yafei Tariyar, Yafei Mara. We talked before about, knew about, um, about uh, Ayin Hara, right? This was Yosef. He wasn't Shailab by Enabish. He didn't have Ayin Hara problems because he was he was able to be beyond that. That's where Birchen was able to say about Sabana, right? From the Mishpach of Yosef. I come from the family of Yosef, therefore it's not shown to be any bishop. So that's what it, that's a simple understanding of Bunner saw the LA Shore in my in my humble estimation. However, if you want to connect it really to the Pusik, the wider Pusik doesn't seem to be that simple reading. The wider Pusik is Bain Puras Yosef, Bain Puras Ali Ayin, right? The Yosef is like a fruitful vine, like a fruitful vine by the by the spring. Bonois is the daughters of the vine. What are the daughters of the vine? The anafim, the, the branches. The branches of the vine are going Ali sure they're going all over the wall. Right? They're 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 spreading out like a canopy. So you the Zaikha Tanakla Shteshvatim, one shavit is Yaisiv. What's the other shavit? The other shavit. and by the way, what gave it away for Rapshimra Yachai that this this shavit is is Yaisa? What does that have to do with Yaisa? We mentioned, right? 
What is the Shur in Yosef? It's not from Yaakov's bracha, right? One of the ways of understanding being Paris Yosef, being Paris Alyon, is that it's a, it's a donkey. It's not, it's not from Yaakov's bracha. Where do we see Yosef compared to uh, Shur? By whose bracha? By Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha. Over there, the Pesach tells us, that's also beginning above a comma, right? Okay, so that's the Mazik of Shur. Um, right, Sitki Ben Kanana, all that stuff, right? So, so what we're seeing in the Gemara is that Rabbi Shim Bayachai is saying that that the person that is going to do Torah and Gimilas Chasadim is going to be Zechat the Nachla Tushvatim. The first Nachla is the Nachla of the Shar. He's going to be Zechat to a Kila. He's going to be Zechat to a canopy. That's the Nachla of Yosef Atzadik. That's the Nachla of the Shar. And he continues going, and he says, and he's also going to be the of Yisrochar. Why? Because the Shalti Regal Ashur Vachamur, right? The Chamur is Yisrochar. Yisrochar Chamur Gorev. So therefore, it's Pashit. So what do you see from this from Shem That what was Yisrochar engaged in? Right. Remember Zerea. Right. The pasuk is telling us Ashrechem Zerea Komayim. Right, Mishalchei Regal Hashor Vachamor. So, what was the Maya? Maya is Torah. Zayre is Yimlas Chasadim. So, who's the Torah? Which of the Shvatim is the Torah? It is the Sacher. So, it's fundamental. Rav Shem Bayechai's exegesis of these Pesukim that he's assuming that Yisachar is dedicated to Torah. Clear? That's number one. One way to understand the Gemara is the second way to understand the Gemara. The Gemara says Ista Amri. It doesn't mean that it's a canopy. It means that his enemies will fall in front of him, like we had in, in the bar. This is a, even stronger, clearly, that he's referring to Yisachar when it comes to understanding of Torah, because we have the famous positive. That from the tribe of Yisachar, they understood very deeply what to do, what the Jewish people should do. So you see here from this Gemara, understood that the shavit of Yisrochar is dedicated to Torah. Clear? Right? So that brings our things now full circle. It ties it into our parsha the past week. So I, now I'm going to, I see we're short on time. I have a flight to catch. So I'm going to run through a few things now. Yeah? All right. So I want to do, this is a Gemara. This is one of those takeaway Gemaras. You have to know this Gemara. So like when you go through shots, you know all the risque Gemaras. This is one of the Gemaras you have to know. Gemara in the Dharm, Papa Mabes. The Gemara goes through all the different uh, permutations of what is permitted and unpermitted, and the Gemara ends off with the following. The Gemara says that there's a, a, an acronym, Osnas Mashka, are bad situations. And what are these bad situations? And These are the kinds of children that are not very good children. Without explaining each one, it's all self-understood. are not considered to be good children. Was the Khatufa? Khatufa is somebody who, as the Ran says, Shemeizda Panel Lios Pivatu Bepen. All right, so you understand what it means, Bene Khatufa. Says the Gemara, Aini, it's uh, so bad that have a Bene Khatufa, but Omar Abshuva Rahmani, Omar Abyanison. Remember him, right? He's our favorite, right? And then here, the Sadi Gemara's guys put that for Bjechnan. Shabyanison, I believe, but not for right now. So he says, the woman is Tevas, her husband. Right, if she's Tevas, her husband is going to have children that they didn't even have children like this by Moshe Rabbeinu's time. What's the Raya? 
It's an unbelievable rash. Nemar, Pazik says in the Varim that Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Jewish people, Bring me these people and I'm going to put them on the top of you, be the new leaders of the Jewish people. And what does it say? And it doesn't say Nevainim. So what happened? He said, bring me all the Nevainim. Now, Pasha said, of course, that's what they brought him. It doesn't have to repeat it. But they were Nevainim and they were this. No, it already said it. That's what you should bring. So of course, that's who we hired to be the new leaders of the Jewish people, to be the elders. But the Gemara is not saying that. The Gemara says, no. It doesn't tell you that he got an avoidance because they didn't get to that level of Bina. And where do you see that there was such a level of Bina? Of course we know. We know by Yisachar. The Pasuk says by Yisachar, what do we learn from Yisachar? The Pasuk, we just had in Bavakama, we brought to the same Pasuk, they were what? They were the Nevinim. They were the Yehde Bina. So Yisachar got to the level of the Nevinim that they didn't, Moshe Rabbeinu, his own generation, he couldn't find them, right? He had said, let's look for the Nevinim to be, make them the elders, and he didn't get them. He only got Rosh Hashim He didn't get Nevinim. Where do you see Nevinim? You see by Yisachar, it's Yehde Bina Le'itim. They were the Nevinim. So that means that there were people from the tribe of Yisachar who were greater than the people that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to find in the Dara Midbar. That's the Gemara. What is the Gemara saying? Explain the Gemara. The Gemara is saying something. Here, that's fundamental. Without explaining it fully, the Gemara is pointing out that who was the Bnei Chatzufa? Who's the Bnei Chatzufa? Yisachar. Why is Yisachar Bnei Chatzufa? Everybody remember the Pasuk? Reuven comes back from the field and he has Dudam. And Rachel sees Dudam. And she says, I want some of these to do Whatever they were, again, not a tangent we can go down right now. So what does she respond? What does, what does Leia say respond? Not a very nice response. It's an unbelievably fascinating response. Again, we can't, we can't go into it. Whatever that means, I would love to go into it. We can't. Okay, so then the Gemara can, uh, Pussy continues. And, and what does Ruckel say back? Fine. Right? You, you take him. And I'm going to take the Dudam. And then the Pasuk continues. And the Pasuk says, the Yaakov comes back. The Yaakov comes back at night. She says, I, I, I bought you. I'm hiring you. I rented you. You're coming here because why? I paid for it. I paid for what the Dudam on my child. That's how the Pasuk concludes. In other words, the Gemara is saying that who's the Bnei Chatzuba is Yisachar. And that's why she calls him Yisachar. That's why he's called Yisachar. Right, it's like we say by Amen and Moyev, right? Why is the Amen, you know, uh, to, to have, you know, a better situation than Moyev, right? Because Moyev is like, <laughs> you're not hiding it. Right. Yisachar, this is literally what we're saying about him. This is what we're praising. You hear it? This is what we're praising. This is the Bnei Chavtufa. This is what becomes the ideal, becomes even greater than Moshe Rabbeinu can find in his own day. That's the Gemara. Good? The, 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 um, this Gemara, the Gemara says in Nida, on, on, the Gemara brings down this basic idea. The Gemara says, what does that do with the Hamar? I, I get it. I understand the Bnei Chatzufa part of it. Fine. But what? Uh, but what does that do with Hamar? 
Why does that do with a chamor? Why are we comparing him to a chamor so much? Right? And it becomes like a big thing. The, the idea of a chamor, maybe we'll touch a little bit, is a very big deal, the chamor. Says the Gemara. And the Gemara doesn't explain it well. The Gemara doesn't explain it well at all. I'll just say what the Gemara says, and I'll tell you what the Gilean Ashat, the Kibayga brings down from the Ark. The Gemara just says, Kodesh helped her out in this the Chamor caused Yisachar. It means Chamor caused Yisachar. Says Rav Kivager on the side, he says, what is the Gemara talking about? This is an Aruch. And the Aruch says like this. When Yaakov came back that night from the field, he was working, right? He was a shepherd. The Chamor began to break. Leah heard, and that's why she went out. Why? Because the Chamor was not, and that's how it becomes Yisoka Chamor Gar. Literally, you want to take it in a, in a Midrashic way. Yisoka Chamor Garam. That's a very Midrashic kind of an approach. I wouldn't say that's a shot at all, but you hear it. Okay. Fine. Now, everybody is familiar that when it comes to the the, the simple understanding is the way Rashi understands Yitzchakar is understanding the way Rabbi Shimon put it, right? Which is Yitzchakar Hamar Garam. What does it mean? He's Vayet Shichem Elizboil. He's going to have an El Torah, right? He's a Hamar is about at some ways Tzevil El Torah. It's all about the Torah, the Torah, the Torah. What does it mean? Ulmas Eve Lifsek Lemayrosh El Torah. It's all about the Torah. It's all about holding on to the Torah, the Torah, the Torah. Yes, clear. That's all Rashi. What's the simple understanding of the of, of these Sukkim? The simple understanding has nothing to do with Torah, right? The Parshat Pshat understanding, the way the Ibn Ezra learns, the way the Rashbam learns, has nothing to do with Torah whatsoever, right? It's simply saying that Yisachar, the way the Ibn Ezra wants to put it out, is that he has a very nice land. Lamas is usually like taxes, right? What does it mean he's worked for the taxes? He has a nice land. The Ibn Ezra says, he, he had a very beautiful land. He had a lovely territory. So he liked to work his land, and he liked his land so much he didn't want to leave his land. So in order to avoid and evade ever having to go into the draft for the army, whether by a Jewish king or by a non-Jewish king, he would just pay them off. As long as he could stay in his land, he would pay whatever it costs to pay taxes. And that's what it means. He bears his load. He's like, he, you know, he's like a, a donkey. He's, yeah, that's it. As long as he could stay in his territory, that, that's sufficient for him. That's the approach of the Ibn Ezra, the Rashbam. Similarly, says that whereas you know Yisdavul is running all over the you know the world to, to make a business, Yisachar's land was perfectly sufficient in order to be able to, to support himself. And he didn't have to go anywhere. That's the Pashup Shadow on the sign. It has nothing to do with Tyrone. But I want to conclude with the with the Arachaim. Yeah. I want to close all right, a couple of, a couple of things. The Arachayim says like this. Unbelievable Arachayim. The Arachayim says that he's he's looking at our Gemara that he's aware of, and he says like this. He says, you know why the B'nai Torah have to run around? They have to run around from place to place? Binyamin is totally fine. You know why the B'nai Torah have to run around from city to city? Because sometimes you have a story that wasn't 100% correct and it has branches. 
it has tzitzah, it has the standard. What was the mice that wasn't 100%? What Leia did, the Maris Ha'ayin doesn't seem like 100% ideal. So therefore, therefore those that come from her also have to go in this route. The same way that she went out, maybe the Maris Ha'ayin doesn't seem like it was so ideal, so too, her descendants, the B'nai Torah, are going to have to go around, running around. They still, they prefer to be able to sit in peace and to learn with Amnuchas and That's still their ideal. That's the Arachayim. Okay? The Kliyakar here says something that I think is a very good corollary, and it's something that I, you know, uh, think about a bunch. He says, you know what the difference between Yisachar and Zulun is? Says the Kliyakar, Kachamor is there, uh, uh, Yitzhakar is like a donkey. A donkey is not like a donkey when it carries its burden, it's attached. The burden is attached to the donkey, and he always is going around with his burden. It's like Torah is totally attached to him and never separates from him. Not like When it comes to a person who's making a parnasa, he didn't know. There are some people whose parnasa is not much like a chamor. It really is tied to them. But he says most people in a parnasa is separate from them. So they're always having to travel. They're always having to move. They always have to travel somewhere for their business. They go in here, they go there, they're, they're, they're hacking, they're being entrepreneurial, etc. However, he says by Yisrochar, by learning Torah, it's not like that. He ain't kinyan at Torah, totally betnuak my kinyan amamah. Kinyan at Torah is not totally in moving around. Like Kenyan of Mammon. For, for, for being, you know, kind of business, you have to be running around. But Torah is not like that. Torah is totally in being sedate and serene, serenity, and being calm, and not in running around. So, very interesting how for the Rechaim, the Bnei Torah have to run around because of Leia, which was Tamaras I, not 100% the most ideal, but but Kliyagar, no, no, the ideal is that not a, not have as much tenuah, to be very sedate, to be very calm, and just be focused on the learning. That's the ideal for, for a Ben Terah. I'm already over my time, but I, I, I can't resist just finishing off with the Rabbi Av Kamenetsky. I'm in Kliyagar, in this week's Sedra, Rabbi Av Kamenetsky says, do you have your sufferings? When everybody's familiar with the famous Sir Byron Cutler, right? When, he, when somebody was giving, a big donor is giving money. So he says, what's the difference between me and you? I'm a Zvul and your Yisrochar is fantastic. I both get both getting the same Alam Haba. The Barakala said famously, it's true, both having the same Alam Haba, but what? But the Alam Haz is different, right? So here, Rabbi Kamenetsky says something very similar, and I just thought I would share this, and it'll be the conclusion for this idea, and hopefully it would be a, a way of getting to this topic of how is the Rashbi modeled in this world. So the, the, the Rabbi Kamenetsky says like this. He doesn't say it here in this Sedra, in the past Sedra. He says it in um, in uh, in Zaytabroch. Uh, he says it in Zaytabroch. And by the way, this is a good a good segue for the word for this week's parsha. The Gemara in Saita says in the beginning. The Gemara says that you know all, you notice that all these shvatim are compared to animals, a chamar and a shar and a aryeh, right? And a, and a nachash, you know, and a yola, right? There's so many different right uh, animals that the shvatim are compared to. 
The Gemara says in Saita, that's what it means when the when the midwife said the para kichoyoitena, right? They're like animals, right? The, the, the little translation is they're very healthy, that they give birth very quickly. There's no time to go figure out what's going on. But kichoyoitena means literally because they're like each the, these various traits that get the whole tangent of natural law, which we can't go into right now. But anyhow, Rabbi Avraham Nesik says like this part. He says, so how is it going to be that it comes to us lavai that you talk on zulung they're sitting in Mishmar, and they're learning Torah. And Yitzchakar is there in Zulun's, and Zulun's understanding everything that's going on. Zulun didn't learn in this world. At the end of the day, he didn't learn. So how's he understanding what's going on in heaven? Says Yitzchakar Kamenetsky like this. He's based upon a Gemara Nidah. Gemara Nidah says that everybody, what is born, has learning a whole Torah, right? to see from the whole island to the whole island. And then when they when they're about to be born, they get hit. That's why they have the mark on the face, right? And then they forget the Torah. And the rest of life, Sometimes you're learning something, you're like, I knew this. How did I know it? Right? That, that's what the Mepharsh is like. You didn't know it. You once knew it. That's why you feel a connection. But you did once know it. You don't have a conscious memory of it. But in your unconscious, it's still there. That what's required in this world is Omel. You are either going to be Yisachar and you're going to be Omel in Torah. And therefore, take from your subconscious and bring it back to your conscious memory. Bring it back into this world. From Mikach al into what was once there to bring it now out, or you could be a stalker. Your Amelis is going to be in something, uh, you could be your Amelis in business. But what you're going to do with this Amelis is effectively earn your way to then get the subconscious memory, which is all there, it hasn't been lost, to be reopened, and that's how they could be understood. The same shear as you saw understand, even though they didn't spend the time here in this world studying. What's the one presupposition that Rabbi Aram Kamenetsky is using that we don't necessarily have to accept? What's the one what's the one proposition? Is that he's assuming that Darlam Haba is the Yeshiva Shalmala. And they're sitting there learning Torah all day. And what are all the women gonna do? So if all the women are gonna understand the same way, maybe they also had a subconscious, maybe they also have the same thing to send us, get very agency based matters, not to get into right now. But there are possibilities of understanding the Chazal different ways. There are other Chazals, different understanding of what it means and what you're going to be doing, lots of love, what you're doing in Arlam Haba. But Rabbi Yaakov's understanding, the way he's envisioning it, the Arlam Haba is the Yeshiva. And Yisachan's one of both learning there. And they're both in the top share. How could it be? That answers how it could be. What we've seen today is a little bit more on the direction of Shem Ba'echai, the Understanding of Shemrachai, the fundamental understanding that Yisachar is dedicated to Torah, which you said as a matter of partial trap for the Rashi and the is not, but certainly for Rashi and the other Mepharshi and Mikra is. We explain how that connects into Leah and how that the the, the, the Supa is in relation to to Yisachar. Is that ideal? The way that Archai wanted to point out, maybe not as ideal, but certainly the way the Gemara understood it seems to be very very ideal. As the Zeichas to Yisachar, who's Yehudipin and Nevoin, and even Meishravinu didn't have. We eat them. Scratch. Yeah.